is Encounters with Jesus with Dr. Ellie Gonzalez and Malcolm Pollard. Brought to you by Good News Unlimited, taking you through the life of Jesus in a powerful and practical way. G'day, Ellie. Uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman. You've chosen a good one. Yeah, well, this is a <laughs> this is a great encounter that Jesus had uh, very early on in his ministry. Yeah. Uh, so what happens here is that Jesus is going through Samaria, and it's around the middle of the day, and uh, he's sent the disciples away to buy some food at the local supermarket, and he stops by a well, which is you know like the normal rest stop along the motorway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's no one there, and a woman comes by. And uh, she's a woman from Samaria, obviously, a Samaritan woman, and he asks her for a drink. She's pretty surprised by this, and this conversation starts about the Jews and about the Samaritans, and Jesus tries to help her understand who he is and what he can do for her. And he gets pretty deep in this conversation, and it's one of these really important encounters in the Gospels. In the end, Jesus basically reveals to her that he's a prophet, that he knows everything about her life. And she kind of puts two and two together from what they've been talking about. She gets all excited and she rushes back to her village and she tells everyone in her village that she's found the Messiah, the the one they'd been waiting for, who would be their saviour. And they all get very excited. And later on in the book of Acts, we find out that the Samaritans were one of the first non-Jewish groups of people who were actually converted and and believed in Jesus. Uh, There's really strange things about this encounter. And we need to understand a little bit about the Samaritans and the Jews Mm -hmm. uh, because they weren't like the Aussies and the Kiwis. Right. They absolutely hated each other. The Samaritans started off uh, hundreds of years before with uh, some sort of Jewish people who had intermingled with pagan people and they'd created their own hybrid religion and and they worship idols, but they still thought that they were the, you know, theirs was the true religion. Doesn't everyone think their religions are right? Yeah, of course. And uh, But the Jews thought that they were worse than, lower than the dogs, you know, lower than the pigs. Right. And the Samaritans hated the Jews and the Jews hated the, the Samaritans. And that's why the woman's really surprised when Jesus asks her, give me something to drink. Sure. You see, she had the bucket, right, because she'd come to the well to get some water. Right. Which is also really odd because normally in, in a village situation, and I've been in these countries and seen how it happens, all the women will come to the well early in the morning, all together. It's sh- a meeting place in some They way. share the gossip, yeah, yeah. you know, they... The water cooler of the, yeah, <laughs> of the day. all that sort of thing. It's exactly exactly right. And then they'll fill up and then they'll carry their, uh, their, their buckets or their jars, you know, on their heads or on their shoulders all the way back to the village. But it's very unusual that this happens in the middle of the day and this woman comes alone in the middle of the day to collect her water. So there's something special about this woman. The other really interesting thing that I see here is that Jesus engages in a really deep and meaningful conversation with her because she's a woman, Mm -hmm. right? In that culture, you engage in the, you know, the deep and meaningful conversation with men if you're a man. I was going to say amongst the men, of course. Because women tend to be excluded from the, you know, intelligent conversation, except the intelligent conversation they had amongst themselves, which is probably most of the time more intelligent than the conversations men get. Yeah, sure. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, in the previous chapter, in, in John chapter 3, because you find this story in John chapter 4, in the previous chapter, Jesus had a conversation with the most intelligent man in the whole nation, who was the head of the theological seminary of the Jews. Right. His name was Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That conversation, while great, wasn't quite as revealing and in-depth as this one. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, at the end of this conversation, Jesus reveals to the woman that he is the promised Messiah. It's one of the very few times. In fact, it's the only time in all of the Gospels that Jesus actually specifically claims to be the Messiah, that says, I am the Messiah. And he says it to this woman, not to the head theologian of the Jews, not to Nicodemus. He says it to her. So there's so many things that are really special about the Samaritan woman. So, Ali, tell me more about what they were talking about. What happened in the conversation? Yeah, as I said, he asks her for, for a drink. She's really shocked and surprised. And, and she says, well, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. You know, it's unheard of for a Jew to ask a Samaritan for a drink. And Jesus says, if you only knew the gift of God, you know, the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you see, he's angling for her to ask him right. who he is. You would ask me and I would give you living water. So Jesus is shifting the conversation right up front to a a spiritual uh, place about who he is and not physical water but living water. And she wants to stay on the physical plane. She says, but you don't have a rope or a bucket, you know, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water from? So she goes to the physical, the practical. Yeah, very practical woman. It's a woman. (laughs) So, you know, she knows how to get things done. And apart from staying on the practical, she starts to argue about religion. Religious people like to argue with each other, you know, Muslims and Christians and Buddhists and, you know, even within Christianity, different churches like to argue. And so she says, um, and besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob? See, they, their ancestor, they counted to be Jacob. This was Jacob's well, by the way. It's a yes. very historical yes. place, very yep. important place culturally for, for both of them, who gave us this well. Can you offer better water than what he enjoyed? And Jesus makes the conversation spiritual again. He says, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. So what she's doing, it's a typical response of people in our society and in our culture, in any society in our culture. You know, they put up walls, they put up fences. They don't want to talk about the deep Mm -hmm. questions, the deep topics. They want to keep it at the... Superficial. Superficial. You know, practical level, and they want to get into the the pet arguments, the pet debates, because beneath all of those, we can hide who we are from Jesus and what our needs are. And Jesus in this conversation actually isn't interested in those things at all. I kind of feel he's not interested in the debates that sometimes we have amongst ourselves, you know, even between Christians and atheists. I mean, Jesus wants to get to a deeper level. And if those conversations serve that purpose, perhaps, but that's not his focus. So this woman says, please, sir, give me this water, basically, and then I won't be thirsty again because I won't have to come here to get water because I'll never get thirsty Mm -hmm. again, right? So she's like... (laughs) Thinking practically again. Having a bit of a go at Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, what sort of water is this? Okay, fantastic, you just give it to me because, you know, I won't have to lug these uh, jars full of water anywhere. And now Jesus says something that completely disarms her that cuts through all her religious defences, cultural defences, you know, her practicality and all that. In fact, he breaks the whole direction of the conversation. He says to her these words, go and get your husband. You can imagine the shocked look on her face Mm. because her response isn't argumentative anymore. She just responds with the truth and the reality of her life. She says, I don't have a husband. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, you're right, you don't have a husband because you've had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You've spoken the truth. 
for the first time in this conversation, Jesus says to her, you've spoken the truth. It's not that the other things she said weren't true, but that this was the truth, Mm. the truth of her identity and the truth of her broken relationships, of her need that Jesus was trying to to reach. Isn't it amazing Mm. how Jesus always does that? The master conversationalist. And he does it in every encounter, Mm. right, in every interaction. But let's look at this in, in terms of what this meant for this woman in this in this culture. Really, we don't know where she'd come from, what her background was, whatnot. But for her to have had this many husbands and to be living with a man who wasn't a husband was really highly unusual, even scandalous and highly immoral, right? So hers was no ordinary life. And if you consider the, the walls and the barriers that she's put up that we've talked about, She's obviously protecting herself because she's been hurt. Mm. I like to speculate. I mean, we've got to fill in the gaps. We weren't there, but I like to speculate maybe she's been, as so many women have throughout history, you know, and in our time and in every culture and in our culture, maybe she's been hurt by men Mm. repeatedly, one husband after another. Maybe she's being hurt now. That's a point that Jesus wants to reach in every one of his encounters in the Gospels and in his encounter with us. He wants to reach our point of hurt, to bring healing. Mm-hmm. Most of us live our lives and we don't want to face the reality of, of our hurt. We pretend that there is no hurt and it might come from our parents or our upbringing or our the fact we were bullied or abused or, mm-hmm. or just disappointed continuously in life, abandoned, betrayed. But I think it's happened to most people in some way or another in different ways. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the one who can heal. Jesus is the one who can restore. Jesus is the one that when we've been marginalised by society and when we've marginalised ourselves, he comes and he has an encounter with us. He has an encounter with you. And he takes us to the point of our hurt, which is not nice, it's not pleasant, it's what we've been trying to avoid like this woman. But the fact is that she understands there's something special about Jesus. And she says to him to continue the conversation, Sir, you must be a prophet. Now she goes back to the religious debates, right? And Christians are famous for religious debates. Even non-Christians hate Christians for their religious debates, you know, arguing about, you know, this or that. And she says to Jesus, well, if you're a prophet, why do you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the place of worship, but we Samaritans worship on Mount Gerizim? See, they had the Jews worshipped in Jerusalem where they had their temple and the Samaritans had their own temple with their idol in it in Mount Gerizim. And Jesus replied to her and said, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when... It won't matter anymore whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. And he says, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. For the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who worship him in that way. Can you see how, again, Jesus isn't interested in the theological debate He goes in deep to the heart, to the spirit. When he's talking about truth, he's not talking about theological truth and doctrinal truth. That's what the woman was talking about. He's talking about relational truth, talking about the truth of the heart, because that's what he's after in, in this whole encounter, to reach her heart, a relationship with her. And the woman still fobs it off, still with her defenses up. She says, I know that the Messiah is coming the one who's called Christ, when he comes, he'll explain everything to us, you know. Mm. Okay, she's saying, so there's a lot of stuff we don't understand. I'm just going to wait for the Messiah to come and he'll reveal everything. And Jesus said to her, I am the Messiah. 
Sally, tell me, how does this encounter end? Well, at the end of it, she runs back. She's so excited that she's found Jesus, Mm. the Saviour, the Messiah. She runs back to her village and she tells everyone of this encounter that she's had with Jesus and the people believe and and then they come and meet Jesus and they encounter Jesus and they say, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Saviour of the world. So I think there's some really, really important practical lessons that we need to uh, take on. And I think they're fundamental lessons of faith and they're very challenging. And one is that Jesus doesn't discriminate on the ground of culture, race, gender. You know, it's a topical thing in in our society Mm -hmm. these days. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't belong or favour any race or any religious group. That's what he's showing us here. Jesus looks for those whom society has rejected. And if you're feeling rejected right now, I've felt rejected in the past. I don't feel rejected now, but I know that Rejection is a feeling that is, you know, a lot of people feel. Jesus is looking for you. The other thing I get from this story is that Jesus, he looks into your soul, into your heart, and he knows you even when you are unknown mm. by others. A lot of the, you know, activity on social media is desperate attempt by people to be known. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as they truly are, but to be known. And Jesus knows you as you truly are. He knew all about this woman. Jesus wants to get through your barriers and reach your heart just as he did with her. And he does it so masterfully, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oddly enough, might be shocking to religious people, whether Christian or not, but Jesus is more interested in, in your healing than in discussions about religion. And we all need healing. Maybe this woman didn't even realise she needed healing. Funnily enough, when you compare this story with in John chapter 4, with the encounter of Jesus with Nicodemus in John chapter 3, you find that Jesus is able to reveal himself more to the broken than to the religious types. So if you're thinking mm-hmm. that faith isn't for you because of the life that you've led and what's happened to you, if you're thinking that you're too broken for God and there are other people more worthy, well, Jesus thought this woman worthy, enough to reveal himself to her as the Messiah, as the Saviour of the world. And if there's one thing that this encounter with Jesus tells me is that whoever you are, Jesus and salvation is for you. Encounters with Jesus with Dr. Ellie Gonzalez and Malcolm Pollard, brought to you by Good News Unlimited. To receive GNU's unlimited daily devotional email, visit goodnewsunlimited.com.